That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Today we've got a great revenge story all about a rejection hotline number. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, kicked out for revealing theft made them destroy a $11,000 machine. Was a member of a local word workshop, call it TMS. Just after I joined, they purchased a very used CNC wood carving machine in bad condition with no idea how to use it. After it sat for a while, I took the task of fixing and learning it. After 18 months myself and another member had rebuilt it and taught ourselves how to use it, the two of us were doing some beautiful work and it was starting to make money. Cost of machine, repairs, cutters and software, $11,000 approximately. Enter a thief of a president with his minions. They refused to show the financials and closed all committee meetings. With no minutes, among other illegal moves, a copy of the books was left in the open. Photographed, then given to a very good accountant, very creative books and $20,000 out. In short, myself and several members were illegally thrown out for finding this out, the other CNC operator included. This left them with no operators for the CNC and a comment from the now new puppet president that anybody can use it. Now two years down the track and the CNC still hasn't run and I am being blamed for sabotaging it. I still have good friends there who have confirmed, on video, the idiots had not reset an emergency stop, reset it manually and it would run. Recently told they were looking at getting rid of it, so I made more bets with old and existing members that they would rather destroy it rather than be embarrassed if it worked again. I put the word out it was for sale. The shop I'm now at made a good offer and several other good offers were made, even as far away as Adelaide, and the members wanted to sell to my shop. Their majority say was ignored and the CNC is now scrap to make sure I didn't get it. I made $400 on bets. If anybody can use it, that makes the TMS committee nobody. $11,000 out of pocket and in financial trouble. All for the lack of brains, arrogance, thieves, and being an oligarchy. I mean, if OP knew that a lot of this illegal and kind of money laundering stuff was going on, I mean, I guess it's not OP's responsibility, but you think you would, like, report it rather than just kind of let it happen if you were that upset about it. Or maybe it's a field of work where OP felt pretty secure and just finding another job somewhere else, you know, this place isn't, you know, worth his time to care about. Maybe one corrupt president would just be replaced with another corrupt president, who knows. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? Our next story is, wife wants to leave the tags on, so I made sure to leave every tag on. This is a pretty simple one, but I love it because I saw my strategy slowly producing results in real time. I noticed about a year ago, my wife leaves the white crinkly tag on all home items we get. The pillows, the couch pillows, the beds pillows, the duvet, the extra long leather for show pillow, etc. I have no clue why. I wrote one off once in the beginning and she got all hot and bothered, so I said I won't do it again. But the annoyance still stuck with me. I hate these tags, I think they look cheap, and after I realized it was a thing, it's all I can see looking around our home, I figured I'd play the, if you can't beat them, join them strategy. So I've made sure to turn the pillows to show the tags loud and proud. Now you definitely can't miss them when you walk around. Guests over looking at our nicely redone room? 
bam, that stupid leather long pillow at the front of the other show pillows has that tag sticking up in front and center. It's taken a few months, but I think she's realized what I've been doing and has jokingly said recently that I won and can go rip off all the tags. Ripping a crinkly tag off has never felt so good, and a beer has never tasted so sweet. You know, for some reason, I've always had the mentality of never ripping the tags off any pillows I've ever had. I don't know if it stems from the whole thing where as a child you always heard, oh, it's illegal if you rip the tag off a pillow or a mattress or whatnot, but it also might be me conditioned from when my sibling was younger. When he was around probably four to six years old, he had his favorite pillow and the pillow still had the tag on it. And when he would sleep, he would take the tag and wrap it around his fingers as like a comfort thing. I think one day I, the younger sibling, went and like ripped the tag off just to like be funny or something and he started crying. And admittedly I felt terrible and my mom actually sewed the tag back onto the pillow for him. So I think maybe I have some conditioning from my childhood days to not want to rip tags off of pillows. But I will say when I put them in pillowcases, it's definitely tag in the case first. Our next story is, be a garbage human being? I'll spoil something you love. I don't think this is required as the book is nearly 20 years old, but Harry Potter spoiler for anyone who's young or reads at the pace of a snail. I worked in the mailroom at a bank in 2005. I say mailroom. It was a section of the office floor that was surrounded by baffle boards to make an area we could sort mail in. Side note, the best part of the job was stacking the mail onto a little trolley and delivering it around the floor. Meant I got paid to be offered biscuits and have banter with lots of people. One side of the mailroom was a telephony department that handled all the secured connection calls. And since it was the only telephony department near us, we could hear every word from the staff. There was one woman who was particularly loud and super obnoxious. Let's call her Brenda. Brenda was horrible. She has zero empathy and would refuse to budge to help people who were going through financial difficulties. I get that there's a limit to what you can do, but she seemed to relish the pain of people and had a major attitude problem. The issue was, she was great friends with the manager, so nothing ever seemed to be said to her and she continued being a dill hole. The worst thing about Brenda was what she did between calls. She would laugh at our customers and talk crap about them. Can you believe that idiot? Just cause your man left you and your kids doesn't mean you don't have to pay your credit card? Boo hoo! That customer's mom died. She probably died of embarrassment for having such a jerk of a son. You get the picture? A garbage human. Now about me, I was a huge Harry Potter nerd. Went to get the books at midnight on release date type person. I also would stay up all night after the release and finish the book before I went to sleep. One day, just after the release of Half-Blood Prince, which I had finished, Brenda was telling her colleagues how much she was loving the book and that she couldn't wait to finish. She wasn't far into it from what she was saying. I emailed my friend who works in mortgages, who was also a Harry Potter nerd, and thought Brenda was a jerk. I explained and he practically ran to my desk. We waited for her to finish on a call with a customer, then started loudly gushing about how shocked, devastated, and saddened we were when Snape pushed Dumbledore from the astronomy tower. How could Snape murder Dumbledore while Harry was frozen under his invisibility cloak? She went mental. She came round and glared at us, but there was freak all else she could do. She still continued being a jerk. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. But I got lots of satisfaction from that encounter. Surely, if you work in a place that is official enough to have a legitimate mailroom, I mean, OP said it's a bank. If you're working in a bank, surely you have to have some kind of HR or somebody higher up that you can talk to to report somebody who's loudly talking so bad about customer-sensitive information, right? It's one thing if somebody's, like, upset or needs to vent a little bit about a frustrating call, but somebody coming off of a call complaining about somebody's man leaving them and their kids and saying boo-hoo, that's not okay, right? I mean, if she's saying that stuff at work, what is she saying about these customers to friends or family back home? Our next story is, Drunk Jerk Has a Long Walk Home. I was on the last London tube train one Friday night in the mid-90s from Leicester Square after a night on the gas with workmates. The carriage was virtually empty barring two very drunk lads and a couple of restaurant waiters with ethnic Indian backgrounds. We chatted after the incident. I'm not British but from another Commonwealth country. Sure enough, one of the drunk boys starts up on the two waiters. What are you packies doing on my train? This train is for white British people. Saying obscene things about their skin color. This went on for a bit, so I walked closer to the waiters and sat near them, trying to provide some support. I said to the drunk racist, Give it a rest, mate, or I'll report you to the conductor. I was wearing a suit and tie, so probably came across as reasonably respectable. He ignored me but kept up the racist patter. Turns out the drunk boys and the waiters were all going to Hounslow, a long way. The waiter tried to ignore Big Mouth but wouldn't let it go, and they couldn't get off because we were on the last train of the night. Eventually, I stood up and wandered over to where Drunk Racist was standing, right next to a door, and nonchalantly pretended that we were coming up to my stop. We stopped at the station, 
the door opens, the door starts to close, and I quickly push drunk racist off the train. I'm not tall, but I weighed about 105 kilograms in those days, so it was easy enough. Drunk racist didn't fall over, unfortunately, but he left it too late to get back in and ran along with the train banging on the door. His mate, who hadn't said much but was very drunk, started peeing himself laughing saying, about time, about time, over and over again. It was very gratifying and while I was quite drunk, but I probably wouldn't have done it if I was sober. I just calculated on Google Maps that drunk racist had a 10 mile walk home that night. Not only is it a 10 mile walk home, but I can't imagine that 10 mile walk at night leads you down too many streets that leave you feeling very secure and safe. Plus, the dude was plastered, so good luck making it there. Shoot, if I was told I have to walk 10 miles, I'd probably just move into the city and start a new life in the place I got kicked off the train in. Our next story is, be careful assuming where someone is from. Several years ago, I, mid-60s male, was visiting Australia. One afternoon in Sydney, I was sitting outside having a beer and from where I was sitting, I could see the bridge over the harbor. I noticed several people that looked like tourists climbing it and walking across the top. There were a group of guys at the next table, and by their accents I assumed they were locals. Turns out they were all from Sydney. I asked about the climbers and was it something that a tourist could do? Yes. We chatted a bit longer about the city and where I'd been, etc. And then one of the group, I'll call him Mike, asks which part of the USA I'm from. I say I'm from Canada. Mike says that's pretty much the same. I, with a big grin, say, well, I guess that's something a Kiwi like you would often get wrong. And yes, I knew that Kiwi is a nickname for someone from New Zealand. There was a moment of silence, then all of his buddies started laughing and mocking him. He blushed. I finished my beer and left. Now, I'm not Canadian, so I can't speak for Canadians for sure, but besides maybe the guns, are they all that wrong? Our next story is happy ending to a crappy story. Small revenge, but it makes me happy and amuses friends and neighbors. My neighbor is known as the town crazy lady. It's been my turn in the barrel to be the target of this woman's vitriol for the past nine years or so. She made everyone else on the block her target prior to us buying our home. She's a truly miserable person. She lies, she's a bully, she's a manipulator, a hoarder. To give a quick example, she called the police on us for having our porch light on. It was only on because it was night and pouring rain and my kids had walked to the movies. We wanted them to be able to see on their way home. Anyway, this fall, she put up a privacy fence. She had the property surveyed first and after the fence was up on the property line, all of the wooden marker stakes were on my side of the fence. I just pulled them up and put them back in her yard. There was one more stake. She told me I'd better not touch the last stake. She said she'd do something. She didn't know what but something to me if I touched the stake. I took that as a threat, so I didn't dare remove the stake from my yard, so I just started piling my dog's poop bags around the stake. It was fairly warm out still, so there was some smell and flies. This went on for about a month with daily additions to the pile. This earned me another visit from the gendarmes, who laughed in a certified letter from the city. I explained the situation to the city manager and assured him that as soon as the stake was gone, the poop bags would disappear also. He came personally and removed the stake and I picked up all the poop bags. Moral, threaten me and deal with my large dog's poop-filled bags. Sir, do you realize you're leaving poop bags on your legal property? Uh, yeah, I just kinda like it there, it's like decoration, you know? Our next story is, he wanted a customer support agent that speaks English. 
Some years ago, I was working as a technical support agent. The US-based software company had chat, phone, and email support agents, but chose to skimp on the phone support, which included hiring foreigners and paying them less than minimum wage. They had three phone support agents, me being one of them, working through a 12-hour business day in three shifts. This meant that if you get called in for phone support roughly within an agent's four-hour shift, you'd get the same agent every day. Thing is, the software could be loaded as part of a US telephone carrier's business tools if you paid extra. The carrier did offer phone support, general company support and simple questions related to our software, but would forward more difficult or technical calls to us, or the customer could call us directly which was more convenient, as you wouldn't need to go through the waiting times for the general support. I am not a US citizen, nor do I have a US accent, but grew up in a former British colony where English is typically the language of instruction, from kindergarten to university. Yes, I do have an accent. I suppose a mild African accent? More like you wouldn't need subtitles if I spoke to you. In fact, almost 99% of customers heard me clearly, even when I'd have to give them technical steps to follow over the phone. Heck, even today as I run my travel and safari company, and I have to speak to people from different countries with different English accents, we all understand each other. One day, on a Thursday, I got a direct call from a white guy who sounded maybe 50 plus, with a bit of a southern US accent, and the conversation went something like this. I said, hi, this is OP from X Software Company. How can I help you today? He goes, what? Goes off on a bit of a rant. Finally comes back to, I can't understand you. Why can't I get someone from this country? Can I get someone that speaks English? Now, unfortunately, our calls are recorded, and I knew that if I spoke my mind, it would probably come back to bite me. However, I knew from his little rant he did mention an issue that could only be solved by our team and not the general support. To the best of my knowledge, the US telephone carrier did employ US citizens for their general support, and the waiting time for the general support was about one to one and a half hours. So I knew that before he could be routed back to us, it would probably be after my shift was done for the day. I said yes, that is possible. I can provide you with a support number that has US customer service agents. It's 8100. I give him the general support number. He actually repeats back the number to me and I confirm it. All this is happening in English. Obviously it bummed me out, but I've had worse before, so I was a bit happy that I could be petty. He actually calls back the next Tuesday. Same number, same voice. And I'm nervous, but completely ready to hear him rant of how I sent him on a wild goose chase, blah blah blah. But surprisingly, he somehow, now, completely understands my non-US English accent, explains his issue, and I solve it in roughly five minutes. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify, in store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. No mention at all of the previous encounter. He even throws in a few dry jokes while I was working on his issue. I mean, maybe the guy was just having a bad day. Obviously, whenever that goes on and I call a customer support thing and I'm just not having fun, 
I just try to keep in mind it's not this person's fault and this person is not getting paid enough to deal with that. I had one incident recently though that really ticked me off, not because of the customer support agent, but I had just opened a credit card with that company and I had that credit card open for like 15 days. I go and I purchase tickets to an event and they immediately flag my card for fraudulent activity, so I call them up to get it unlocked, right? The support agent asks for my phone, I give it to them and they explain that they're going to send a verification code to my phone, but then they pause and they say they can't do that because my phone hasn't been added to the card for more than 30 days. Because the card alone is not 30 days old, I literally could not get it unlocked over the phone. Literally I had to either wait another 2 weeks or go to the local branch and walk in to get it unlocked. Now that was upsetting. Our next story is, organized leaving gifts for coworker I knew she wouldn't like. I used to work in a microbiology lab in a hospital. We had a big staff, lots of people coming and going, and the managerial staff were honestly not very good. Most of them had been promoted due to seniority of lab experience and qualifications, and very few had any management training whatsoever. A big issue I had with management was that they'd arrange collections for coworkers selectively. Usually they'd only remember to do it for managerial staff, but there was an exception for staff on every level to chip in. So I took it upon myself to organize the forgotten collections, leaving presents, significant birthdays, and collections for new parents for members of staff at every level, not just the ones who were chummy with the heads of department. This colleague, I'll call her Linda, was an older woman with a lifetime of experience working for a well-known travel agency that had recently shut most of its branches nationwide. Linda resented being trained by younger staff, even though she had no clue about anything remotely scientific. She was lazy and would refuse to do tasks she found boring, even if they were essential for lab maintenance. But worst of all, she was a bully. She particularly enjoyed picking on an autistic colleague and anyone who seemed vulnerable. This culminated in her trying to make Sarah jump as a prank after she learned Sarah was particularly jumpy and prone to panic attacks when triggered. We never disclosed this, but it was due to her past in an abusive relationship. Linda thought that people who were triggered were snowflakes and woke. On a particularly busy day, Linda jumped suddenly at Sarah, who responded in flight-or-fight mode and punched Linda in the face, breaking her glasses and busting her nose. Naturally, Linda couldn't handle the humiliation and the dirty looks she received after that. Everyone was unanimously supportive of Sarah. She handed in her notice and found a job as a carer. I had spent a lot of time training her and decided to do a collection for her, as I did for everyone and I did feel kind of bad for her, even though she was dreadful. While I'd been trading her, she told me a lot of her personal gripes. She didn't like chocolates with raisin or nuts in it. She didn't like books as gifts. Homework. She didn't like when people bought her bathing products. Intimate, inappropriate, presumptive, and insulting. And she thought candles were for hippies. To be honest, I think she was making a joke about some of these, but she was also very rude about hippies around a Jamaican colleague who wore dreadlocks. I got a lackluster collection for her, and we got her a leaving card signed by everyone in the department, including Sarah. Some fancy chocolate-covered fruit, a gorgeous copy of Wuthering Heights, my least favorite book at school, re-gifted bath bombs and incense sticks with a wooden holder tray. Honestly, she was beaming when she was given them, and she seemed genuinely touched. I hope she's happy now, and who knows? Maybe she's an excellent care worker. I'm not sure if this counts as petty revenge, but I still feel wicked when I think about it. 
I'm willing to bet that although she says she doesn't like these gifts, she's just more than happy to receive something. Shoot, a person who acts like that probably didn't get too many gifts in their time, at least in the recent years. God forbid she has to work around all those woke panic attack havers. Our next story is, his reaction to the revenge was explosive. I was driving a taxi back in the late 80s, and my passenger, a bloke about my age, about 24 and I, were having a good old chat. Sitting behind a car at traffic lights, I saw the driver in front reach his arm out the window and drop a burning cigarette onto the road. I made a comment, something like, freak, I hate people who litter. My passenger, who didn't see what the driver had done, asked me why. I told him. He immediately got out of the taxi, walked over, picked up the burning butt, and dropped it on the driver's lap. I didn't expect the next bit, though. The driver, in an understandable reaction, hit the accelerator and shot across the intersection. The light was still red. Unbeknownst to us, there was a police motorcycle three or four cars back. He took off and pulled the guy over and presumably gave him a ticket. We didn't stick around to find out. The light went green and we disappeared, laughing our heads off. In hindsight, it was lucky he didn't run into another car or person. It could have been ugly. I mean, even if they did, the bottom line is, it still wouldn't have been OP or the other guy's fault. And for that reason alone, that's why the cop should have given this guy a ticket. I mean, it was clear cut. I just hope that the cop was on that bike watching it all go down, see them pick up that cigarette butt, and in their mind go, yeah, get revenge on that litterer. It's bad enough with cigarette butts, but when I see people dropping like water bottles out of their car or like chip wrappers and whatnot, like you just gotta be some scummy freaking people to do that. Like as if it's hard at all to just leave it in the car till you can throw it away. Our next story is gonna be a star someday. Clint Eastwood was filming in our city and had a whole motel rented for the production crew arrogant friend was sure he'd make it in Hollywood if he could only get one of the extra spots being offered, so he'd be discovered. Even dropped off headshots to them. He couldn't stop talking about it. I was dealing coke to support my habit and ended up getting ripped off. All of a sudden, this guy has a stash that never had it before. I have my girlfriend call him and say she was Clint's secretary and they'd like to meet at the bar in Ramada about a part in the movie. He contacted everyone to say goodbye because his ship had finally come in. When he got to the bar, of course, no one knew what he was talking about or who he was looking for. Well, he wasn't leaving until he talked to Name. Mr. Eastwood's assistant ended up taking six cops to drag him out of there, and the only film got was his mugshot on the news trying to explain why he was in jail. So let me get this right, Opie was dealing, and all of a sudden this guy that was wanting this role in this Clint Eastwood movie... He all of a sudden had a stash after OP got ripped off, so the assumption is they ripped off OP? Or what, stole it from OP? I just gotta say, at least he dreamed big, right? Our next story is Christmas bonuses returned by staff. This is my mother-in-law's story, we'll call her Kate. It happened about 15 to 20 years ago. Kate is a very nice woman, works hard, doesn't push things. She worked at a nursing home for a while, she was general help cleaned, helped people, whatever, pretty low on the totem pole, as were most people. It's a pretty thankless job. Her boss was rarely around. The workers such as herself handled all the worst stuff, including things well above their pay grade. Christmas comes around and her boss gets a nice bonus. The boss then turns around, gives all the workers at the nursing home a bonus for their hard work. The bonus turns out to be a gift, a watch, a crappy, crappy watch. The kind that costs no more than a dollar or two, if that. 
These are just ultra cheap and tacky. Now, Kate is not a confrontational person. She works hard, keeps her head down, doesn't like conflict, but this ticked her off. So she helped organize all the other workers and every single one of them puts their gifts into a box, which was then wrapped up and given to the boss as a Christmas gift from the nursing home staff. Someone set a big box on the boss's desk, packed with all the junk he had given them. The best part was that every person at the facility tossed in their crap watch. It was a big, collective middle finger, and the boss couldn't be mad or retaliate at any one person. My mother-in-law was kind of freaked out by what she helped organize, as she's so non-confrontational. But she, and me and my wife, were proud of her. She didn't last too much longer at that place. Mega cheap. Sadly, the bosses are all about cutting costs, so they paid crappy wages and pushed the limits to cut costs. Mother-in-law couldn't stand to see how they treated people, both workers and residents. Yeah, it's pretty clear that these managers, who were super cheap, probably got plenty of bonuses for cutting all those costs, aka firing more staff and expecting the very few that are left to do extra work to make up for it. We are being so efficient and the number of hours we're sleeping at night has gone down. But look at the bright side, that means more hours for them to work. Our next story is, I'm working from the sofa today because I exhausted myself at the gym despite someone. I look like I'm nice, so hardly a day goes by that someone doesn't try to steal my weights at the gym. I'll be at the platform in the middle of a set and people will walk up and take weights like I'm not even there. There's only one small set of weights per platform and only two weights that most people use and I like to challenge myself, so it ruins a session when any of the weights aren't there. It never happens to anyone else. Anyway, there I was yesterday in the middle of a warm-up set, and a woman started removing weights from my platform. I said, excuse me, and she blethered something about needing my weights. I said, sorry, I'm using those, and she wasted over five minutes pretending she didn't understand, and then insisting she picked them up off my platform, so got them first under first come first served. My New Year's resolution is to put up with this kind of thing less, so I said thank you so much while taking the weights back and putting them all on my bar so she couldn't get at them. Today I'm having to hold the wall to go to the restroom and could not make it off the sofa to get to the office. I did a session that lasted nearly 90 minutes at more than twice the normal weight I dealt with and would have stayed even longer but 90 minutes is how long it took for the woman to surrender the battle and leave in a huff. I mean, good on OP, but I'm just glad for OP's sake that it didn't go any further. I mean, when you work at the gym with weights hard enough to the point where you can hardly even get up? I mean, God forbid OP pushed themselves so close to the brink of a serious injury. Our next story is, Disrespectful X gets regular lessons on respecting women. My ex, who's from another culture that does not tend to respect women as much as they should, finally showed his true colors to me a few years ago. He presented that he wasn't like this when we originally started dating. I wasn't allowed to speak up with how I felt, and he would basically tell me he was going to teach me a lesson for speaking up too much by giving me the silent treatment and ignoring my calls and texts. I took that opportunity to never talk to him again. He later freaked out when I realized that I took his silent treatment and ran with it, However, whenever I see a good video on social media about how to treat women right, I sent it to him from throwaway numbers to keep him in continued education on how to treat a woman with respect. Stay petty out there. I think OP's doing the world a better place, or at least those that's touched by this disrespectful ex, by continuing to give them good material on how to treat women right. 
And hey, doesn't make OP have a few laughs being able to fire off another one of those from an anonymous number? Then it's probably still worth it to some degree. This next story is, so you think that rejection hotline number is funny? Enjoy! This happened over a decade ago. A friend and I were instant messaging back and forth about a project that we were working on. Out of nowhere, he tells me to call him at this number. I call the number and it blurts out, Welcome to the rejection hotline, you have been rejected! It was a phone number you could give to someone that you weren't interested in that was asking you for your number. I was annoyed and it only took me 10 seconds to plot my revenge. I knew he'd been trying to sell a piece of business hardware that he got as a sample on Craigslist. He was trying to sell it for $5,000. I knew that thing was never going to sell. What business is on Craigslist looking for used specialized server hardware? It was very niche. So I waited an hour and I created a fake email account. I responded to his ad with something like, Wow, I can't believe someone is selling one of these. That's a great price. But would you take $4,500 for it? Let's talk. Give me a call at rejection hotline number. It took me like 15 minutes to write that email since I would type a letter or two and I would start laughing so hard. I had tears coming out of my eyes, pep talking myself out loud. Okay, man, control yourself. You got this. Just focus. I would type a word out and imagine him being super excited about selling that thing and completely lose it all over again. I click send and less than a minute later he IMs me. You are a jerk. You have no idea how excited I was when I received that email. I did crack a smile when I heard welcome to the rejection hotline. This is such a good revenge story. It's so low stakes and you put him on a roller coaster. He was like, yes, I'm going to finally sell this thing. Welcome to the rejection hotline. Knows exactly what happened, who did it to them. It's just top tier satisfying and nobody got hurt. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.